This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. So hey everybody, this is Tamar, and I am with an awesome person, Steph Williams, who we've been kind of uh, collaborating on the Tamar brand together. She's been helping out with marketing, and she has a really cool story. Um, I'm actually about to hear it for the first time now, so I'm not even sure where what direction to take this podcast, but let's, like, I guess we're riding the wave here, and... Um, would love to get a little bit of background about you, Steph, if you want to share anything. And yeah, thank you so much for coming. Go for it. Oh my gosh, Tamar, thank you for having me. I'm so glad that we are collaborating and um, that we somehow manifested each other into a beautiful partnership. I am a writer and PR girl, first and foremost. So um Tamar reached out to me on Angel List. I loved her vision, was really excited to be a part of what's going on. And um, we connected specifically about having such a similar story going on and her motivation to take a really horrible situation and spin it into a positive really resonated with me. And So that's kind of how we got to get to know each other. And I think that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I will ask you the next question. Um, Where, like, I guess your story, you, I mean, I hear you and I definitely see that you're, I mean, as far as my observations, you're doing great and you're settling in and doing your own hustles and and helping out with everything that we're, we're getting with the Tamara Fragrance brand. Tell me a little bit about your story. Um, what brought you to this point? Where you come from and where you're going, I guess, is really the question. Okay. That's the question that I feel as though I can answer pretty succinctly. So a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I used to be a stay-at-home girlfriend. It was a pretty awesome experience. However, um, I felt as though my partner at the time kind of wanted it both ways. He wanted me to stay home, but he also wanted me to make more money. So I kind of felt that pressure, not just from him, but from his family, also from my family, to be honest. So I was pursuing what I would soon learn was not really aligning with my authentic self. So. I started pursuing these positions that weren't really the best fit for me. I had a couple, but kind of just in my freelance, in my freelancing business. But um, just after a while found that, you know, you know, there was a lot of pressure on me to get a full-time job, to get a nine to five position. So I did in a brand that I felt at the time aligned with my brand, with my values and it didn't work out. It was honestly, and I think uh, in the middle even of that position before all of it kind of fell apart, I ended the relationship just because there was, um, it just it was just moving in a direction that I was not happy with. I didn't, well, I mean, I, I think I would say the best way to describe it was if you wanted me to always have dinner on the table when you got home and wanted me to keep the house perfect, but also wanted me to have a quote unquote real job, I mean, there's gotta be a meet in the middle somewhere. And 
just just after a while, I was like, "This, I'm I'm done. I can't do this anymore unless you know you are willing to make compromises for me and my happiness." Um, so basically, the um, full time position didn't really work out the way I was expecting it to. I was single. I was for the first time in my life completely on my own. I am, you know, every I'm, I am by admission, um, definitely one of those girls that um, was raised in a extremely privileged environment. So a lot of the realities that come with being on your own were pretty, it, it was it was a big shocker. Um, <laughs> figuring it out on my own, and as always, myself being a prideful person and realizing that a lot of the reality that I had created for myself was an illusion. I had always been been seen as an independent person, as somebody who, quote unquote, marched to the beat of my own drum. Um, I hate it when people say that about me, though. But um, yeah, after after all of that happened, um, it was it was quite an experience. And it's something that I am still working on to this day, just like a lot of trial and error, figuring out what works for me, what doesn't. And um, somewhere down that line, I had discovered a really great um, kind of mindset shift. And that would have been in the work of Lacey Phillips and To Be Magnetic. I was just reading it on Goop one day and it looked really interesting. And it was a different mindset than what I was used to. And I got curious, so I clicked on it and started reading about um, manifesting and getting the life you want and being magnetic. And I believe she was called free and native at that time. So I... Um, but she used to be magnetic now. But it just seems like a really cool community. Obviously, um, Gwyneth Paltrow is um, one of those personalities that I'm drawn to. So, and, and I know that some people would disagree with me, but I was like, well, I mean, it's harmless enough. It's on Goop. I don't have to put too much of an investment into this. It's, um, it just it just seems like something fun to try out. And I was joking to everybody, like, I'm joining a cult, everybody. I'm joining an online cult. And everybody was like, what? I was like, I'm going to learn to manifest my hopes and dreams and desires. And it was just like, I mean, I if people who know my humor, I um, am extremely sarcastic, but in a way that people don't realize um, immediately. So, um, I'm going through this um, this framework of how to manifest the things that you want in life. And after about two years of doing the work, my life has improved on an immense level. So um, if you have any questions for me there, um, yeah. we can kind of go from there. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think about where, where I could go. I mean, I, I see a lot of parallels in your story and my story, but like it's not really my main story. My Like I would say, you know, the tragedy that kind of bore uh, – was was the impetus for starting the brand it's it, it actually started several years later but i totally understand when you're in that specific mindset where you have this expectation of uh, a certain element of performance and it, it still it still sits with you even when years later you have this you still feel like you're not beholden to that person you're not beholden to the bosses you're not beholden to your, your partners or your friends and your family in that way, or not so much friends and family, because they're lo no longer friends and family, but if you feel like you're beholden to somebody in a certain way, that, and, and you've been kind of so, so focused on complying with those specific demands, whether they're rational or irrational, usually irrational because those are former relationships, you go back and you have this, you have this desire to kind of 
get there. It, it kind of, it permeates your existence, even if it wasn't, if it's not necessarily the healthiest way of doing things. Um, so I, I totally, I see that. I see, I see what you're saying on that front. And it's not even the um, healthiest way of doing things. It's some, for some people, the only way you know how to do things. Right. So you're taking advice from people like one pathway is probably working for them but it's like well because you have the privilege to be a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home girlfriend or um have are independently wealthy so you don't have but i mean i have to worry about how to provide for myself and i tell people all the time i mean even before considering like getting married and having children you need to learn how to be able to provide for yourself first and take care of yourself first because you never know like i just am uh, my mindset has shifted to just always prepare for the worst, but hope for the best, right. I think, because I used to be an incredibly magnetic person, but that also came with a certain level of privilege or having like what some people call quote unquote pretty privilege. I mean, I wish I was still, you know, a size two and I still wish that um, I was able to lead a lifestyle that was um, more or less subsidized by um, outside support. But now that I am where I am. I've been able to learn how to um, lead a life that I want and learn how to manifest the abundance that I deserve whilst um, still surrounding myself with what Lacey calls the expanders that help you get there. Because I think when I was at my lowest, a lot of this was caused not only by um, the, I guess, meant like a quote unquote mental breakdown. I hate to use that term, but pretty much what it was, but it was one of the more kind of, and something we had talked about privately. Um, you don't realize that's what's going on until something really terrible happens to you. Right. You don't realize that there, you might have been on this decline and then something really happens and it's like, it snaps you into the reality that you might've been suffering. Like so yeah, we talked about privately that I probably have had a postpartum depression for 10 years or nine years. Oh, yeah. Later. And Just it wasn't like... until a certain impetus that caused me specifically to evaluate my reality. And my reality was not the reality that a happy mother should have had. I mean, I was living and I was existing, but I wasn't happy. And things exactly. changed Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, I think where I was beforehand, it was bizarre because um, I think I was more focused on the happiness of others, like my boss, my employer, my boyfriend, my parents, especially, um, and just performing for the acceptance of other people. And I feel as though that's something I had been doing my whole life, but then I kept wondering to myself, why are things not getting better? And it was because I kept using this formula that I had been spoon fed my whole life. But I was like, well, if this works, why am I not seeing results out of it? So I began to um, reevaluate and my life motto is, and it's such a cliche, but it, it absolutely rings true. If you, why, I mean, why, why do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. And that's when, um, that's something that, I remind myself if something does seem attractive or if I want to go down a certain path and that's one of the things that I evaluate. I mean, is this going to, is, is taking on this client or, um, or working with Tamar, 
working with Tamar, especially, well, or even like cultivating a friendship or being around certain people. I think a lot of my decline also had a lot to do with myself. So I was surrounding myself with people that were not healthy for me. Right. And I think I, yeah, just like I had, I had a friend group that um, I think I always knew in my heart wasn't right for me, but um, I was more concerned with appearing as though I had an active social life and kept hanging out with them, even though I knew that, um, you know, I honestly, I think 75% of the time was in disagreement with this group's values and lifestyle. And um, I think particularly values was the biggest thing. Um, And then using those values against me when things in my life were falling apart was um, a real eye opener. So just, yeah, just that mindset shift and changing everything for the better. I mean, like why, you know, have friends just for the sake of having friends or looking good on Instagram when you could be creating your own life. Yes, you are um, trading, you know, a certain level of prestige or status or, you know, going out as much, but sometimes it's worth having that time to lay low. Yeah. I want to, I want to actually um, hone in on one of your comments about how, you know, I th- and I think a lot of us do this, and I think everybody should probably sit down and close their eyes and then hear what I'm about to say, because I think that most of us, we live our existences in the context of trying to make other people happy, but not necessarily at the expense of our own happiness. And you had said that, that you were doing it for your boss, for your partner, your boyfriend. You know, I think that, and and I was I was coming home from the gym today and first of all i hate going to the gym but i know it's so good for me so it's like i think all of us do that but i realized walking up the my driveway to my to the stairs of my home i just sat and i just looked out for a moment at my back porch and i was like thinking to myself that i haven't really been living for this whole time i wasn't you know i was I was doing things I was and and I talk about this in 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 the in in building my brands that I we're, we're a lot of us we're going through the motions but we're not really we're we're living we're we're not really living the way we should be living maybe the word is shouldn't be live because we're all living but the word isn't the word thriving probably is a little better we're not really doing things that are making us happy and I was I started thinking you know I was very athletic until about 13 years of age. And then I, my parents gave me a computer and that was the rest was history until about, you know, last year, I realized I was sitting on a computer for about 16 hours a day, beholdens to employers, to clients, to um, a number of people that I was just basically doing everything for, but I was volunteering here and there and I was just doing so many things, but I, I wasn't taking care of myself and being so fit and athletic and um, I was like, I was, I had a great, like, I was, I was, I was happy. I was happy that I was doing things. I was taking care of myself. And then this 20 year period came and I basically wasn't doing anything for my health. And, and then last year when I realized I was working 16 hours a day and I'm not happy, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, I, I have my, my brain plugged into whatever's going on online. And I think it, a lot of people say this, there's a Reddit, there's a subreddit called no surf. People actually want to break the ties to their technology. It's so addictive, like there's like a sort of a dopamine high, I guess you would say, in being tied to your internet 
um, infatuations and your obsessions and you, the addictions that are kind of there in terms of just feeding your brain with all of these things. But the rest of your body is basically doing nothing. And a lot of people just yeah, want to tie ironically, away from that. And ironically enough, um, where else to connect with other people trying to spend less time online, but online. And you're, and, and you're, and, and our phones now all have features that help us track our screen time. And it's like, we're using our phones to congratulate us for not using our phone. Right, exactly. I mean, it's, it's ironic because technology is such a wonderful thing and it does make our lives easier when it's used correctly, but all the trial and error that comes along with it and having to take those breaks from social media. But when you and I, who have a long background in history in marketing and PR and social media, it's like, how are we supposed to do our jobs effectively if we're not keeping up with the trends? It's this endless circle. Right. But I think that for everybody, you need to basically give yourself some time, give yourself a deadline, not necessarily a deadline, but yeah, a daily, a, you have to commit to your health on a daily basis. And working 16 hours a day, um, where I was, you know, on my phone, mostly on a computer, just sitting on a computer all day, and being so sedentary that I wasn't moving at all. I, I you know, now I'm telling myself, I'm, I'm trying to exercise daily. Um, and technology, I have to say, helps to some degree, because I have like a Garmin watch, I came from Fitbit. I had a Garmin, like, and now I have a Garmin watch, which is an even bigger personal trainer on my wrist that motivates me to get up and get get active. And I think, you know, when we talk about self care, and especially with, you know, the the the, the goal of a common sense podcast is that people are changing their li- lives to embrace and to embody this element of self care. Um, I, I find that this. This technology is helping me, but it's also helping me. It's helping me live. It's helping me thrive. I'm actually happy. I'm saying to myself, wow, I'm actually walking. I'm going outside. I'm enjoying the air. I'm looking at the beauty in the world. Most of us aren't doing that. We're so tied to the things that are keeping us riled in. And we're we're just, we don't, we don't take time to smell the coffee and, and to smell the roses, there's a coffee. Yes, probably we're all smelling the coffee, but (laughs) we're not, we're we're not really, yeah. And, I have a um, Keurig by my bed. It's, uh, it's on my nightstand. So the first thing I get when I wake up, my five o'clock alarm goes off and I just pour a cup right there and right there. turn yes. the Today Show on and check my email. And Seems it's good. been a wonderful little routine I've created for myself. And yes, it's part of my self-care, but um, it's been able to work into um, everything that I have to get done. And it's all things that I enjoy doing, which right. um, makes me instead, I think we've also both talked about those periods and those lows in our lives where it's like, we're not getting, it's like, it's like a chore to just get out of bed in the morning. Right. And that, that was, that was me for a lot, of, a lot of years, a lot of years. Yep. I, you know, I loved work. I was looking forward to work, but then I realized looking back at what I'm doing I wasn't that happy and I wasn't, it, it really, you kind of, you're, I think a lot of us are blind, blinded by the light. We're excited about what we're doing, but are we really, really like deep down, are we really happy about what we're doing? And I think it's, it's about, you know, what, is this really our lives mission? You know, like that's kind of where I go back and I, I talk about this and, and I say, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You can make either small tweaks, either make a massive, like when I say, one 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 side of things you could make a massive change and like you know all of a sudden ditch everything and then you know go back to where something that would tie in with your passion but another thing is to make a small tweak a lot of people say i don't have time for i don't know for fitness i don't have time to take a walk for 20 minutes i don't have time for self-care and i don't think that's true i used to say that too i was lying to myself Mm -hmm. i you know getting up and 
doing something like just even if it's just like walking down the block you you have time for what do you otherwise your five minutes that five minutes of, of of surfing the internet could have otherwise been spent in a better way to make yourself to give yourself a couple more years in your life or maybe a couple more days or months whatever it is but you're taking care of yourself for the long call and your your, your present self is going to be happy your future self is going to be happy and um I mean, you probably realize and recognize and probably start embodying and embracing these these elements. Um, I, I, I this wasn't intent. This was my intended trajectory of this particular ca- podcast, but I just want to just throw out one of the books that I, I started last year, actually December twenty fourth. So we're almost there. Um, I started doing two. I started embracing two habits. Number one was reading, and number two was running. Um, every day I try to to run, and if it's not just a run, it's going on the treadmill for a significant amount of time. Um, usually, you know, 20 to 60 minutes, uh, where I'm actually trying to at least get a mile in or out of, out of there, uh, or, or longer. And I've been, I actually ran five, three, five Ks this year. Um, but you know, another thing that I was doing, I hadn't been, I didn't read any books for years. And this year I'm already at 27 books or every single day I'll read like a page or a chapter. And I only meant to mean to say this is that one of the books that I read this past year was James Clear's, uh, book called Atomic Habits. And mm-hmm. it's like one of those little things that you take tiny, tiny, when they say atomic, we're talking literally atom-sized habits, where we start reading, for example, if you wanted to say, if you wanted to take it, adopt, adopted, uh, adopt a lifestyle of self-care, and you don't really know what you're looking to do, take a book and start reading one page. And the next day, read one page and a half, who knows, or two pages, three pages, and it's atomically, make atomic increments of, of, of trying to achieve your objectives. So for me, you know, it's like, it's usually, if it's one page, if I'm like traveling and I just can't sit down and read a book, it's a chapter. I try to aim for a chapter. Sometimes it's not a chapter because some of these books are so over my head and I'm just like, why am I reading this? But I started reading it, I'm gonna finish. But like, you know, take the little things in your life, try to atomically increment upon them and you'll see that there is a difference. Again, it's not. It doesn't have to be twenty minutes on a treadmill like for me. It could be two minutes of walking down the whatever it is, up and down your driveway. I don't care what it is, but there's ways to find things that are going to make you happier, and 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 healthier, and and that will probably, um, you know, permeate through your relationships and your work life, and and then some. Definitely, change doesn't happen overnight, and. Just like your mindset cannot change overnight. Everybody thinks that, oh my gosh, I'm going to go on this crazy new diet. That's wildly different than what I was doing before. Just like anything from spending money on, um, you know, instead of getting a latte at Starbucks every morning, the classic example, like making it at home, but it still involves spending a certain amount of money or, um, changing your diet from, you know, going to Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast every morning or and um, going out for lunch every day to packing your own lunch and eating healthier, that's something that's going to have to um, incrementally change over time. And I think we've all been there where we're like, I'm throwing out all of my bad, unhealthy food and then I'm going to go to... Um, well, I say Wegmans because that's where I shop and that's where I'm from. And Wegmans is basically the reigning champion of grocery. Like, I'm going to go to Wegmans. I'm going to start shopping at Whole Foods and um, with this massive grocery list. And then within a week, you're just like, eh, no, I'm not over this. It's thinking to yourself, 
So these programs are designed to make money first and foremost. I mean, how many things and how, how many of these things are actually going to change your life? It's okay to tweak something here or there just to make it work better for you. And um, as you learn over, you know, the course of a few weeks or a few months or even a year, um, it takes a little step by step to make those improvements. And that's okay. Just like what they say, like quitting smoking is so hard. You can't just do it cold turkey. I mean, there's got, and that's why different methods work for so many different people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and, and you had mentioned that some things are designed to be, um, people are, it, a lot of these programs are designed to make money, but I think everything there are literally in terms of, at least in terms of fitness, health, and just nature, these things you could do without having to put front any costs for the, for your betterment. I mean, walking outside, finding a nice, whether it's a nice nice sidewalk, uh, but I'm hoping a little more going into the trees and, and, and enjoying and embracing nature, that's literally at your disposal anywhere, I guess anywhere you would be, except maybe when you're like in the desert, I guess. Um, and also, I mean, running for me, I didn't do now. Now I'm actually I'm going to the gym. I have a membership to the gym, but running outside. I mean, the treadmill I mentioned in the treadmill initially, I actually got that through my free cycle community um, several years ago. I asked the community if you're familiar with free cycle, if you're not, it's really cool. It's it's a, you know, give give to people in the community things that one man's trash is another man's treasure is really the way to say it. So you give to the community something that you're looking to get rid of, and then somebody will give you something they're looking to get rid of. And it's like a, it's like, it's a reciprocal um, element. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great thing within your community. And I had asked or a couple of years ago for a treadmill and um, somebody actually had one. And I went and we, my, my husband and my father-in-law picked it up and I had it in my basement and I had it collecting dust because I just wasn't quite ready. The mindset wasn't there yet. I had the mindset to initiate the request, but I didn't have the mindset to actually get get it and do it. But I always said to myself, I will do it, I will do it, I will do it. And if you plant these ideas in your mind that I will do something, I will do something, I will do something, eventually, I think ever, for everybody, um, it happens. But it really needs to be something that you're constantly, constantly reinforcing versus something that will eventually, someday will eventually become never. And for me, it was something that I was constantly reinforcing. I saw it, it was in front, it was front and center for me. And I actually made sure to adopt that mindset. And so I did. And I started with a treadmill and then I started running outside. I realized, especially doing a program couch to 5K, C to 5K, C 25K. Um, yeah. There's an app, it's a free app, it's great. Um, you can get it. So, so yeah, it was free. And I decided I'm gonna start doing it. I did the first program on a really slow speed on my treadmill, but I wasn't really enthusiastic with everything. I got, I did my first 5K in March. Um, my, my, it was, it was a small 5K. There was 118 people who, who participated and I came in 113th place. And I was so disappointed in myself because I was like, I'm, I was training. I actually finished the C to 5K program, but I was also training at like such a slow speed thanks to the treadmill, not realizing that like I'm basically running at a walking pace. So I said to myself, the next time over, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to do it with a run, run outside. And I, I did. I repeated the program and I did my second 5K and I shaved seven minutes off of my first 5K's time. So that was great. And I came in like, I don't know, I, I want to say something like 600th place or 500th 
place out of 12 or 1300 people who participated. So I was a lot better. And I said, I'm going to keep doing it. And I did. And I ran my third 5k because I had a goal of three 5ks in 2019. I ran my third 5k on Thanksgiving day. And I shaved another two, three minutes, actually three minutes off of it. So every single time, everything you do, like I talked about incremental improvements, all those things, you just do it. And, and thanks thankfully, and I know I'm, I, I made a little bit of a tangent here. Thankfully, everything that I was doing right now to this point is free. And so, yeah, getting outside, um, things to embrace with respect to your health. I mean, you don't have to necessarily, uh, put too much money into it. What about, so this is something I'm curious about with you, and I don't think we've ever really touched upon this in our previous conversations. Um, are you somebody who had at one point in your life felt as though you were a perfectionist? Oh, I always am a perfectionist. <laughs> you're all, you still are. And yeah. so, no, I, I was thinking more like, um, so when you did start pursuing the Couch to 5K program, um, were you more, were you, ex- I mean, obviously you weren't expecting to be, you know, come in like the top 10 finishers or, um, some, or, or something like that. But um, were you, when, but was, was, Working out and running and um, doing these races, something that um, you avoided because you knew that you weren't going to be one of the top finishers. You know, it's funny because you've been you've been to my home office where you probably have seen the trophies that I have sitting on top of my desk hutch, and I'm actually looking at them right now. So mm-hmm. it's it's funny it's funny that you say that. Um, when I was younger, when I said I was an athlete, I went to a, a camp and we would run races. It was very, it was a very sports heavy camp and I would run these sprints and I would always, always get first place. So, and, and I have a couple other ones for like basketball and tennis and, and softball up here. Um, I don't know if you hear the, the, the sound, sound waves are a little different cause I'm looking up, but, um, that, you know what? So I started, um, I, that was definitely my goal when I was a child, but you know, we're talking about literally, I would say 30 years later, or, no, not, not 30 years later. I'm not that old. 20 something <laughs> years later. Um, Nothing wrong and, with being old. So <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, so I would say we're, we're, it's about 20 something years later and, um, you know, I started following a couple of people who were running marathons and I realized, you know, it's very, it's never going to happen that I'm going to win a marathon and no people who run marathons, people who run these lengthy cross country races, they're not doing it to win. They're doing it to finish. And that's a mindset that I think people outside of the running community don't understand. My husband, mm-hmm. for example, um, I, you know, when you say you're running a race, most people think of the word race and they think of the word to win, but that's not a race when you're, when you're doing these lengthier races, it's not the right type of word. The word race is a misconception. I think for most of the people, I think people don't understand that these days when we were younger, racing was to win when we're older, racing is to finish. And my husband decided to run the, uh, 5k with me. He, was doing it to finish, but he was also thinking, he was, he kept talking about, he kept talking up the idea of winning, winning, winning. My children still, to some degree, they also ran. I have four children. My two older children ran a mile and my two younger children ran the 200 meters, which was really cute. 
Um, oh. all, it was actually really cute because at the beginning they all pushed each other. They all fell down. And my son fell down. He started to cry. I said, "Keep running." He that's did hilarious. So I, had to grab I mean, not, not that he cried, but yeah, it was no, but it was funny. I, I it's my, my that was my three year old son. My three year old son fell and he he looked at me and he didn't want to run. So I grabbed him and we decided to walk slash run together. And my oh. daughter, my five year old daughter, started running and she knock some kid she toppled the kid over and we have we actually have the pictures of the, her pushing the kid it, it wasn't like it was really tight we have pictures of her pushing the kid and then we have the kid like toppled like you know i think they were all happy in the end because they got medals i didn't get a medal which is really annoying i did not get a medal because i ran i ran a 5k and get a medal and my three five seven and ten year old kids got medals so i just wanted to express my dissatisfaction on this Everybody gets a trophy these days, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, the little kids, that's not what are they teaching them. But anyhow, an adult, for as an adult, you know, the only thing that I have to kind of my claim to fame for running is the race bibs. Um, assuming I can find the third one, I've had two of them hanging up. I, I, I didn't even think about saving them. Um, so hopefully I have the third one and t-shirts, you know, which is great. I actually appreciate being able to have something that shows that I'm being like fit in. But, you know, the metal would be nice too. Anyway, oh gosh, yeah. So as as a perfectionist, I mean, I would say that um, as I surround myself with runners in the communities that I have certainly found myself a part of these days, I realize that it's not about being perfect. It's not about being fast. It's about getting it done. And I actually grappled where I said, oh, I want to run fast. I want to run fast. I want to get it done, but I can't. I'm running my fast is actually affecting my heart rate. And I was always scared about being able, I was, I was too scared that I wasn't going to be able to finish. And the truth of the matter was that I wasn't running. I wasn't running to my optimum speed. Running fast is actually not something you're not, you shouldn't be running fast. You should run slow. Even if running slow means that like, you know, you might, you might finish at I don't know, 10 minutes later, but you'll be stronger and you'll be able to, that, that endurance will stick with you versus running fast and then really kind of getting so exhausted and, 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 and killing your body, actually. It literally kills your body. So it's better to run slower. It's better to do things to your, I, I, for me, I'm still, I'm still the perfectionist, but I'm a perfectionist. Making sure I actually complete it. So I, just one, one thing I want to say about, um, in, in general in running and in terms of my in maintaining that perfectionism element um is that i some i was reading on reddit on one of the i think probably the couch to 5k or maybe the b to 10k community there's once you do the couch to 5k there's actually a bridge to the 10k community and someone had said have you have have you seen any youtube videos of people doing their runs and i said to myself you know what that's actually a good idea maybe i should do that so I started doing these before videos about like kind of what, what my mindset, what's before I run. Then I do my run, which obviously I'm not filming. And then I do um, like a, a postmortem of like how I feel, the epilogue of like what's going on, how I, how, how, the, how I endured the run, any sort of takeaways and tips. And I've been doing those and I haven't been posting them on YouTube. I've actually been posting them to the Couch to 5K community that I'm on on Facebook. I intend to probably put everything on, on online, but so far every single video I've created I, it's it's like me expressing expressing intention. So I say I'm gonna get this run done today. This is gonna be week eight, day three, 
and I'm just going to get it done. Then I do it. And I basically say to myself while I'm running, I'm like, I made this video. I have to stick to my goal. So that's the perfectionist in me trying to make sure I maintain, um, you know, maintain momentum there. And then I do my video and I talk about how, oh my God, I wanted to quit, but I didn't. So I always have those things going on. And therefore to, to speak to your point, I still have that element of perfectionism inside of me. But I'm not that perfectionist in terms of like trying to do things to be the first. I'm doing them to just make sure that I've accomplished my goal. That's awesome. And um, I, lo- I, just, I just love your story about fitness because um, I would love to have a similar story, but I don't. But um, You'll get there. You'll get there. We'll, we'll, I'll work on you separately. Some, someday, someday we'll be little running buddies together and it will be incredible. But um What's another conversation we could have, like a like a like a final thought sort of thing? Well, yeah. So I wanted to ask you um, if you could, I guess, give yourself some advice to your post pre pre, I guess, trauma self. What would you tell her? Um. Oh my gosh. And this is going to sound terrible if my parents are listening. I love you, but you're not always right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yes, absolutely. I know it sounds it sounds worse than it actually is. And I have always counted my family um, amongst my closest advisors. But it took me a really long time to um, accept that sometimes and it's like, you know, they they really do want the best for you and they are looking out for you. Um, But sometimes there's sometimes just the world is so much your world like you, the individual's world and existence and purpose sometimes is different than what is comfortable and normal and what you have been programmed to want. Um, Doing a lot of the work with um, the To Be Magnetic, I don't want to call it a program because it's, I mean, that's the thing. It's not a program. It's more of a community. And, um, when you are working within a community, and I think you and I both do this a lot, and I have um, seen a lot of personal growth and success by using this model. Um, so Lacey calls it looking for expanders. So her manifestation formula is essentially to write down exactly what you're looking to do, what you're looking to achieve. It could be you know, buying a, everything from buying a house, finding a partner, to something as little or something something as little as just like, I want to get this really expensive item, but I also don't really want to pay that much money for it. So you write down exactly what you're looking for and you surround yourself with the people that will get you there. And after a while, I mean, I started really thinking hard about the life that I wanted and that life was to be able to live on my own terms. I had learned after many years that the nine to five lifestyle is just not for me. And some, you know, when they ask you, um, when interviewers ask you, where do you see yourself in five years, which is a stupid question to ask people because honestly, the way that the world works now, um, it's kind of unrealistic to have your life planned out that far in advance, particularly, particularly your career path. Um, I had found that I was like, I want to be able to do the work that I love to do, but, um, you know, just be able to travel and not have to go into an office and be able to do the work from wherever I want so I can 
um, make up for the lost time that I've had and um, see places that I haven't seen and meet people that I haven't met and experience things I have yet to experience. And um, a lot of the work that I've been able to do, and I haven't reached that goal entirely yet, but working with Tamar in particular is a step towards that. It was so much fun to be able to say, I'm going down to New York for a business trip a couple of weeks ago, like out of the blue, because that's something that I normally would not have been able to do. However, um, I just, I want to be that girl that's always on a train and going somewhere, but still getting work done. And like we're get, we're getting there, but having a community on sites like Angel List where Tamara and I connected, or um, on Facebook, there's so many amazing Facebook communities that um, are nice to have as expanders to see others who are leading that life that you're looking for. So you don't feel as isolated or feel as much of a freak of nature. If um, when you're surrounded with you know people that are naysayers, I mean that's not pushing you in the right direction. In fact, it's discouraging you from pursuing it or almost like encouraging you to you know give up your dreams. But um, you know, reach for the stars. But um, you know, something a little more realistic or my favorite meme um, where it's like parents, um, you know, we want you to do whatever makes you happy. The kid says something like, you know, whatever they actually want to do. And then the next response is the parents are like in all caps, not that. And um, that that always that always makes me laugh because it rings so true. But really taking control of what your own values are, doing the work to find your authentic self and then reaching out to others who have those similar values is um, really a great pathway. And then the next step to that is not settling. Just like that's where the pen and paper list comes out. You um, are presented with an opportunity and it's worth going back to what your goal is and seeing, well, you know, it's not 75% of my criteria, but I mean, do I really want to have wiggle room or over some of these quote unquote non-negotiables? And it, and it forces you to, again, not settle. So um, that mindset and that process has been an incredible, it's, it's had an incredible impact on my life and where I'm going. And I wish I found it sooner. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because you're you're finding it probably sooner. I, I I don't know your age. You don't know my age, but I would say that um, probably a little older than you. Um, and I would say you know one of the things I probably recognized only recently is that yeah, you, the things that you see through your eyes are totally different than the way I see through my eyes. And yet somebody who might be like similar in in I guess in some way might say that somebody a, a third person's reaction was completely crazy in in the way that they might have reacted like kind of thinking uh specifically tied to your story the expectation of your boyfriend it probably came from a completely different perspective and a point of view and um when when i say this specifically you know now is that yeah it, it sucks to be on the other side on the receiving end of of any sort of bad emotional relationship but it also makes it easier for you to effectively i guess forgive because you realize that, I mean, yeah, it, it it might not be logical in some of the expectations that they have, but it's probably a, a byproduct of 
they're how they are looking at the world and they're the way they look at the world is very different than the way they you look at the world so the perspective is very different oh yeah the way that the way that we're programmed as children um isn't really conducive to um who we are meant to be in our lives versus what society expects you to be right right 100%. so and, accept, and the thing accepting, is that, accepting that um society isn't always right right yeah is, but and, and not everybody in society is, is right. Like the more I, I start to live, the more I start to realize, wow. Like, I mean, I don't want to tie in any specific, I'm not going to tie in current events to this, but like, you know, I, I, I guess I could tie in some entertainment. Like, you know, I'm reading, I, I watch these television shows sometimes and, or movies. And you're just like, where do these people, where did this mindset come from? Everybody's mind is so different. It's so different than what you would probably normally otherwise expect or even have you've been raised like things have changed the world has changed it's guess uh, i guess our, our development is so drastic to some some people and it's not it's not recept it's not something that the normal i guess who's normal but the normal human psyche is receptive receptive of to that uh, to the second point also yeah surrounding yourself with the people who are the best influences on you to help you grow is important so for me as a runner um, and, 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 and a number of different communities, you know, professionals and, and whatever else, um, having the ability to surround myself with these people who are really helping me grow has, has made me thrust myself in that di direction and also is helping me maintain that momentum. I don't think that um, you can do, most people, we can't do it alone. Unfortunately, we are a social species and even though it's funny because I'm such an introvert and I could say to some degree I'm pretty antisocial, but oh god, right? I'm I a recovering. I call myself a recovering extrovert. I think because again, I was programmed to, you know, be outgoing and be social. But I realized I think after a long time of being alone and laying low and figuring it out and taking care of myself or whatever euthanism that you want to call it i'm actually a really really big introvert so i always joke and say i'm a recovering extrovert and um it's been that that change in particular has made a massive impact a nice just a really incredible um again mindset shift to you know actually being an introvert isn't so bad i can still do create i can still do amazing work and um not have to go to an office every day i think you know the social overload or being that um what do they what do they call it being overstimulated yep yeah yep that 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 can be a trigger for a lot of people and i think the way that i reacted was unknowingly um, in situations where there was a lot of people or like a big office environment or a big group environment. Um, you know, I guess it's like after seeing certain patterns happen over and over again, I was just like, well, obviously this isn't working. It's not them, it's me. Right. So. But even to whatever degree that we, we need to like withdraw socially, we still need to surround ourselves with the right people who will help us push us to the next level for ourselves. So for me, even though I, I, I never run in a group, I've run with one person, Rachel, who was actually the uh, first podcast person I've ever interviewed. She's number episode number one. I've run with her, but I, I, I still cannot bring myself to still run with a group of people, but I still surround myself um, with a community of runners in emails and, and Facebook groups and Reddit subreddits. Not overwhelming because, again, I'm in the no surf movement and I'm still trying to get out and do things. but. 
I think it's really important to make sure you do surround yourself with the people who are going to help you get to get where you need to be. Definitely. Yeah. So anything else you want to add before we wrap up? You know, I got to say that um, every time I get to tell people about the work that we're doing together, my eyes light up in a way that hasn't been such a long time. And that's how I know that um, we're, that we're, meant for each other professionally that um we're really starting a movement that is exciting that i'm proud to be a part of i haven't had that um with many of the jobs that i've taken in a long time i'm like excited to tell people what i'm doing instead of like oh you really want to know what i do for a living and um I get, yeah, I got, I got to say, I'm really excited about what we're creating together and the team that you've put together. So, and this podcast was a super, super fun experience. So, and it's good practice for when I start my own podcast. Yes. Yes. So get that hustle on and we're, we're hopefully this will be really great for everybody. Yeah. All right. Girl boss. Yeah. So thanks so much, Steph. I really appreciate you coming out and this is Tamar. And yeah, thank you again. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 